could this stuff be done in live action in a better way? And I just wonder about cyberpunk because I don't think you could do what cyberpunk edge runners did in a live action way with anywhere near as kind of the level of immersion that this, this series had. Like I think about how night city is depicted and I think having the visual there gives you the concept of this is a seedy kind of unforgiving and brutal place. Whereas if you tried to just do that in live action, you, kind of just get lost in the individual detail of a naked man in the street or someone passed out high on drugs mm. and you yes. don't get that concept of this is a really grim and brutal place that's unforgiving yeah. and will you know churn you you know chew you yeah. up and churn you out hello and welcome back to another episode of d54 i'm amit and with me is sunny hey everyone how are you going and welcoming back Cyberpunk himself, <laughs> Dennis. That's good to be back. It has been a little while. Yeah. yeah. Ah, great to have yeah, you back. I'm not a robot, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's living, breathing, organic. Organic for now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your introduction. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, good man. Oh, good man. Um, yeah, man. So we're talking about Cyberpunk, the latest Netflix anime, animation, uh, action, adventure, sci-fi. Uh, dystopian, you know, based off the video game, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, you know, it's probably, I think after Arcane, I think it's probably taken after that sort of mode. Uh, you know, that was Netflix's huge blockbuster, um, you know, Netflix series, which was based on a game, which blew everyone's expectation out of the water. Uh, so I've got a feeling this is kind of trying to attempt that. In fact, I'm pretty sure it is trying to attempt that pretty strongly. But, you know, in itself, it was a, show uh which we'll get into and discuss a lot of stuff about it but before we get into the show dennis you had a great question which i think we'll look to talk about yeah so the the question that burns in my brain with these kind of shows is you know how far would you take as an individual cybernetic augmentation you on a personal level you know the if you had the opportunity to replace an arm or you know um and it was medically that you know, and they provided a robot arm, but then you saw enormous value out of that. All of a sudden you had, you know, greater strength and things like that. So you're like, oh, why don't I get my other arm done like that? You know, and it's like, oh, that's great. What about my legs? And it's all of a sudden the percentage ratio of human, of organic human to mechanical human, you know, starts to shift. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, you know, at what point do you stop being human uh, and where does your humanity actually lie in the absence of the physical form? Do you know what I mean? That would be uh, a sort of follow-up question to that too. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's Very a great question. because there's, Amazing question. Yeah, it's a great question, man. And there is some, some of that discussed in this movie through a lot of characters. So, you know, stick with us because we're going to talk about that during the conversation and probably we'll just cut out a whole section just to sort of talk about that as well. Uh, if we haven't talked about it enough, but let's get started first with the uh, before sort of the storyline and stuff. I think it's a good idea to talk about the show visually because it, it it was uh, different in some ways. I would say like I haven't seen so much cyberpunk specifically, uh, even if it's anime or um, and you know any other kind of animation or even in like just real world scenarios. It's pretty uh, you know I wouldn't say new, but it's kind of a genre that has not been not been looked at so much like. So as I said before, based off the game, Cyberpunk 2077, and if you haven't heard of that game, there's two things that made it popular. One, Keanu Reeves. So he was in that <laughs> game um, as an actual character. 
who sort of follows you around and you, I think you play as him for a bit. And then the bigger news was the amount of bugs the game had. So just, if you're not familiar, then yeah, type in cyberpunk bugs and you'll see it was a complete mess. Was <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves yeah. playing himself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. He was, okay, not playing, cool, cool. Like he was not playing himself. He was a cyberpunk in the world. Uh, ah, right, I can't yeah, remember okay, okay. exactly. I think his name was Ghost or something like that. And like he was like, I think the main character gets a chip installed in him and the chip has like Keanu Reeves ghost in it. So he sees Keanu Reeves around and you're filling in missions for Keanu Reeves as well as yourself. But, uh, but yeah, man, I guess I'll talk it to you, Sonny, man. What do you think about sort of, mm. um, you know, the visuals in this? Yeah. Oh man. I was mesmerized from the get go with some of these visuals and I almost struggled to find the language to describe this because I don't watch anime or have any familiarity with kind of the cyberpunk genre at all, whether it's the literature, music or the aesthetics. But just from the very first episode, I was absolutely drawn in by the amazing colors and the visuals here. And I think what I really appreciated about this was just the amount of detail that has gone into developing the visual style of this world. I think in like maybe one of the first episodes, potentially even the first episode where David the main character is walking to school and he does this massive trek through the entire city on mm. foot, on trains to eventually get there. And it just does this amazing job of showing you the kind of grittiness of this world that he's in, um, yeah. you know, from walking down dark corridors where there are homeless people to uh, walking past a blood kind of crime scene with blood spattered everywhere. He's on a train and there's kind of rockets flying around in the background. Um, he's walking past these crumbling buildings with naked people, um, people who are passed out on a drug-induced high. And all of this is just coming with such visual. The colour here is amazing. And occasionally there's like sunlight that filters through the screen and just gives you this really stark contrast to everything that's going on. And then the night sequences are just full of these like really neon blues, reds, pinks, kind of oranges. All of it was just an absolute kind of assault on the eyes. And to be honest, it took me a couple of episodes to actually adjust to this world and get used to it um, because there was just so much going on. But there's, uh, there's just so much to love about this. And I feel like if I watch this show again, I'll pick up so much more of the visuals because so much of it was just me adjusting to this world and understanding the mechanics of it that I feel like I missed some elements of it. But I just thought the amount of detail in the characters and the world building here was quite remarkable. It didn't feel like a lazy endeavor at all. I haven't seen a whole lot of anime, let alone cyber kind of anime. And I don't know if it's reflective of the quality of it generally, but this just seemed kind of on another level to kind of my impression of what anime is. And it shows that the people who've developed this must have had a whole lot of commitment and love and passion thrown into this project. And that really came through for me in terms of the details here. So look, I was, I was blown away and it warrants another viewing in my view. Yeah. I think one thing I'll add to that is like, it did do a good job of actually representing the game. Cause like, I guess right. like, I, I can't really speak much about, you know, the, the comparison is going to come up with arcane. Cause I've not played arcane. I don't know much mm -hmm. about that game, but, yeah. In terms of um, Cyberpunk, like that is an actual world, which, you know, it's a game on, you know, PlayStation 4, and they put a lot of effort into the graphics and the way that mm. looks, the sound, and the, you know, even the interface, the weapons that they use and the effects. This game, this, I'm sorry, this 
show did a pretty good job of representing that game, I would say. That's some like pretty sneaky Easter eggs I saw, which was actually pretty cool. Nothing in the face too much. Um, some of the storylines borrowed from the game, not not too much. Like the game is like, it's hard to compare. Like the game is like, you know, massive, massive story. I've not even finished the game. It's a new story and it goes, there's a lot to it. It's pretty deep actually uh, what the game goes through. But in terms of the way it looks, yeah, look, it did a lot of good things in terms of that. The world building is, in that way, I think it's pretty good in terms of the way it looks. Um, you know, the sound and score is also great. I thought that was enjoyable. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I would have maybe liked some more of that, like tech, you know, electronic music kind of thing, because it just would fit in more. I think it was more like rock music that they played at times, which was a bit different to what I would expect, but it wasn't, it didn't put me off too much. But um, I'm going to pass it to Dennis now, our anime expert. Yeah. <laughs> Experts uh, underselling it there. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I mean, stylistically, I think you guys are on point. It, it, they did a, an amazing job. I would say that the analogy between this and Arcane is only that it's a, a successful animated adaption of a popular yeah. game, you know. Um, and and I, would, I would stop any kind of correlation at that point there because Arcane, League of Legends, sure, a popular game. And it doesn't, you know, if you, if you watched Arcane and then went to play League of Legends, you would be probably disappointed stylistically <laughs> in what you're looking at. Uh, um, Cyberpunk, I would say, is a closer analogy to the game from the anime. Uh, uh, actually, a lot closer than than yeah. um, uh, than I would I would say the Arcane and League of Le- uh, League of Legends is. But uh, you know, we we spoke a little bit about uh, a little while back, I think, about um, uh, Love Death Robots, and there's some oh, things okay. in uh, you know in those like those little short <laughs> anime shorts that I would have just loved to see more of. And uh, this gave me that in spades. There was, it wasn't just a, you know, a 12 minute short of some cool cyberpunk stuff. Like this was a full fleshed out uh, series um, that was consistent in its style and delivery through the whole thing. And I think that first episode, you know, where, where you learn about David's life, like it's, it's, it's grassroots because it's how many people, even without, being in a uh, you know a futuristic city, live in a situation where they they have the potential of coming home and being locked out by their landlord. Like, tell me that's not a reality in in yeah. in some places. Uh, um, it's just exasperated by the technology and the disassociation that society's kind of um, developed with reality because of the augmented. Um, and virtual spaces that give them that escape. They no longer have to deal with their problems. They don't give a shit if they're butt naked laying on the street because in their minds, in their worlds, they're kings riding dragons. Do you know what I mean? Across mm. like distant skies, they don't. It's, or, or doing other things a little bit more lewd and crude. But uh, you know what I mean. So it was good to see that, uh, and I think it was very clever storytelling in that. You know, some of the scenes where he just he just. He knows, like he just doesn't even have to worry about the gates closed, it's locked. He doesn't even try to go through it. He just goes over the edge, drops into the gar- the garbage. He knows he's going to be there at every at a particular time every day, and and just moves on. Doesn't give it a second thought. Doesn't phase him. Doesn't bother him. Like it hasn't even interrupted his thought process. Um, 
you know, the mum, the hardworking mum, the coming back, doing everything she can and, uh, you know, uh, um, like that's also a scenario that people can really relate to. And I know we haven't we haven't spoken about Star Wars and things like that, but um, one of the power, a bit of the power of uh, the, the New Hope is that how many country boys want to escape to the city? Do you know what I mean? Like how many how many people yeah. can relate to that first opening scene? And uh, it's 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 what captures you. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they don't try and wow you up front with big big fanfare. It's like this is this is the scenario, and it's not it's not idealistic. Like it's not idyllic. Um, mm. And you can see he's suffering. You can see his pain. You can see the things that he's going through. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, can I also just say, yeah, yeah. I've like sometimes I don't watch a whole lot of anime or even cartoons aside from the occasional mm. Studio Ghibli stuff, right? And one of the things mm. I often wonder is, could this stuff be done in live action in a better way? And I just wonder about cyberpunk because I don't oh. think you could do what cyberpunk edge runners did in a no. live action way with anywhere near as mm. Kind of the level of immersion that this this series had, like I think about how Night City is depicted, and I think having the visual there gives you the concept of this is a seedy kind of unforgiving and brutal place. Whereas if you yes. try to just do that in live action, you kind of just get lost in the individual detail of a naked man in the street or someone passed out high on drugs, mm. and you yes. don't get that concept of this is a really grim and brutal place that's unforgiving yeah. and will, you know, churn you, you know, chew you yeah. up and churn you out. And then I think yeah. the specific scenes like um, where he speeds up and, you know, does, kills everyone, right? That br- brilliant hypnotic oh. scene where they're using, he's using that Sandy Veston suit or whatever. And yeah. I just wonder how could you ever do that in a live action way that isn't full of CGI Mm. Um, and as hits as powerful here, it's completely hypnotic. It's mesmerizing the colors as you see him flow through and Mm. do his killing is just completely brilliant. And I just think this is a show that is designed for animation because it gives you the concept of night city and these edge runners so much better than a live action could. I'm probably not expressing that as clearly as I want, but that's kind of the gist of it. I mean, can I have a chance to respond to that? Is that all right? So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I would say that there, you've seen it in parts. You've you've watched Blade Runner. You've seen yeah. if you've seen the True. the latest you know Dread movie, where yeah, yeah. they don't actually speed things up to show the speed to actually slow things down. Do you right. know what I mean? But they do yeah. it in a really beautiful way. Soundtrack, uh, lighting. Uh, like eight thousand frames per second, and it is is you know you're seeing the droplets like slowly pull apart. You know what I mean? And it's like all the mm. light is it's a different frame of uh, different um uh what's the word I'm looking for uh um spectrum of light that you're looking at it in. You know, uh, yeah. you if you were to do something like uh, Edge Runner live, you would have to go all out like. Game of Thrones level budget, you know, uh, Rings of Power level budget where it's just, and you could only do it at a R18 plus. Like you, yeah. Could, yeah. you could only do a true cyberpunk in its truest form like that. Uh, I mean, you could do a good cyberpunk movie, Blade Runner 2049 or 48 or whatever it was. It was an okay movie full of holes, mm-hmm. like a tear apart. We maybe do, we, we should do a, a cast up about mm-hmm. that. But, the true cyberpunk where it was born from, uh, 
uh, you have to go back to the original Blade Runner, you know, uh, go back to the original Cyborg movie, you know, or like the Jean-Claude Van Damme Cyborg movie, which is all, you know, uh, go back to Cherry 2000. Do you know what I mean? These, Mm. because it's cheesy tech, right? Like, you know, and it has the cheesy synthwave, like real 80s background music, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, the and the, the reason why they have big shoulder pads and crew cuts and neon lights and ads everywhere is because that's what it was like back then yeah. in the eighties, <laughs> where it really sort of came out, you know. Um, so you either go back and pay homage to that era and bring that into it, and don't go all out with the visual um, visceral that kind of approach that you actually peel it back and make it a little bit cheesier and you, you could do it that way quite successfully or you have to go like all out like completely all out and um yeah. but it, i'd say it is it is a challenge uh uh you know the cyberpunk genre has been around for a long time and uh the cyberpunk movies were pop- more popular if not less known now because they're mostly just b-grade movies you know, straight to video yeah. kind of stuff, but there are some gems back there too. You know, um, that are that are probably gone. You know, the Langleys have come and eat them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if if we were to talk about the the history of cyberpunk and anime, that's where I would I could really you know open mm. up because there's a lot that that takes it right back. You know, even as a kid, my first exposure to anime to cyberpunk, I guess. It was Astro Boy, right, or Otomo in Japanese, mm. and uh, that you know I was like six or seven, and I was watching the TV series, and I was being faced with questions around humanity and whether humanity lie, you know, um, when a robot behaves more human and look more human than an actual human does, when a robot shows more morals and de- demonstrates values and heroism, where val- where humans are. Uh, frailty and um insecurities force them to do things that are less than human do you know what i mean what what makes a human being and where does that humanity actually sit you know these are questions that have been bouncing around my noggin for you know nigh on 40 years um so uh uh but it it does go way back even further back to metropolis like some of the original really Mm. early movies where they talk like they were questioning that they were exploring the the idea of cybernetic humans and and things like that. But the idea of having uh, robots or, you know, these kind of things goes back even further. Japan, the Japanese had little uh, robot uh, wooden automatons that would deliver tea out back, you know, um, before robots were even a thing, you know. Dolls making effigies of ourselves is no different than us trying to make a robot look and talk and walk like us. Do you know what I mean? It's the same, like Eve principle is what I'd call it, like the Adam and Eve principle. We're trying to create something mm. that is us. Uh, um, but the uh, I could talk about it for a long time. But there's some really great uh, cyberpunk that doesn't go. It's not gory. Like Bubblegum Crisis, awesome anime, absolutely fantastic. One of the best cyberpunk animes you've got. There's no you know, nudity or like 
visceral yeah. violence. I mean, it's violent, but there's no, like, you know, you don't see things being torn apart and that kind of stuff as well in the same way that you do with Cyberpunk. Mm. But the this the stylistically, this movie caters to the modern audience, and I think it does it really, really well. Back mm. then, they wouldn't have accepted this level of graphic nature in an anime uh, yeah, right. In a, in a public forum like this, you know, maybe in Japan it was perfectly fine, but not for a worldwide, mm. you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, audience. Yeah, well, not for a worldwide audience, you know. But yeah, for yeah. Netflix to, to to have the guts to let something this fly, like like this fly, I think mm. is also kudos to, to them to allow something like this to be put on. But that I'm I'm, I'm yeah. not talking about eighty percent of the things I want to talk about because well we've got a podcast to do so um, I'll, I'll let us get, let us move forward. <laughs> no, 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 it's a great question. The only one I wanted to add yeah. to that was like the only movie I could think of because you mentioned Blade Runner um, and a few others there. There was there was a cyberpunk movie called Johnny Mnemonic. I don't know if you've seen it. Dennis. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, so yeah. Keanu Reeves yep. and Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, so that that's got a lot of cyberpunk elements, but the visuals is mm. it's like a you know kind of the budget-ish movie and they focus yep. more on the themes rather than, mm. uh, you know, sort of you know, the visual style. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know how been expensive you... back then to do heavy special effects, oh, CG, especially around that time when that was released too, yeah. I don't know if it would be possible. Like, you know, technology had to catch up a little bit to even mm. do what we can even do, you know, yeah, like Blade mm, Runner, um, you know, but yep. the recent Blade Runner, you know, is miles ahead of the original one in its look because when you got a director that you do... Mm. To master at that stuff, but also the technology just lends its way. But no, that's a great question, Sonny. It's a, it's a good one to um, explore as to why it hasn't it been done. Because I do, it would be interesting if another sort of you know network, big budget network, uh, like a Netflix or Amazon or whoever sort of in line next that has a lot of money tries to do something like this. Uh, you know, probably a movie. I don't think a show could be possible. It'd be way too big budget. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah, if yeah. I could, if I could, Altered Carbon is a really great attempt. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, I haven't seen the second season, but the first season I thought mm. was, like I said, a really good attempt to to yep. build a um, a world, a futuristic world. So the reason why I would call Altered Carbon uh, um, cyberpunk is not just because there's um, the premise of the sleeves and things like that and the technology that affords us the ability to move in and out of physical forms, but the, the the defining trait of a cyberpunk world is is hyper capitalism, um, where yeah. capitalism has yeah. actually become the dominant, predominant governing force of the world, uh, sorry, of the the city or the country or whatever. If you look at things like uh, Ghost in the Shell, which is well one of my absolute favorites, you know, mm. top of the line. Like it, there's there's very few that comes close to us, close to it. Where you know. It's not, there's no longer countries. It's, you know, America Corp. It's, you know, Australia Inc. It's, you know, mm. Japan Limited. Like it's, it's where the governments are kind of corporation. They run and they behave and they act very much like huh. corporations. And corporate, the corporate echelon is way above, but the lower levels are, yeah. um, are like lo fi, high tech kind of scenarios where everyone's trying to, enhance themselves to scramble up the chain enough to just break over. You know, um, you look at uh, uh, Battle Angel Alita, same premise. Everyone's yeah. ground floor. Mm. They live in the trash in these big floating cities. Uh, 
um, like it's the same idea, you know, even Elysium, which is probably another good cyberpunk attempt. Yeah, that's um, good. yeah, 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 yeah that's uh, good. Which is uh, um, also sort of based on the premise of a leader. Even the the, the, the live action movie Battle Angel uh, Battle Angel Leader wasn't too bad in its its uh, in its approach too, but it had to go all out in its its in its visual graphicness to be able to make it. Because you're really screwing with the human body, like you can't say, "Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna give myself a robot arm," and not actually see the fact that your ro- your yeah. own arm's been torn up and something's been fused to your body in a way that is not natural. You know, you gotta, you gotta at some point show um, some uncomfortable stuff there. Uh, yeah, so yeah. diverging well, way, way off track there, but there, there's just some other examples <laughs> where uh, live action cyberpunk has done relatively okay. But one of my all time favorite is actually the new Dread movie, uh, the latest Dread movie. Um, I think yeah. that's that's uh, mm-hmm. a really great movie to yeah that, yeah that no, sort of no. steps into that space keep your well. keep your eyes peeled. I think that's one for the <laughs> that's one of the lists. That's yeah. one I want to do as well. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's actually start talking about the show a little bit. There is a show to discuss a little bit here. Um, yeah. So yeah. Cyberpunk. Um, let's talk about the story because like I well yeah I'll, I'll let you guys go first because this is where it sort of falls yep. off a little bit. For me, um, uh, personally, like, well, I do like, obviously I do like this um, genre and the sci-fi element's cool, um, mm. but sort of the, some of the character arcs and some of the way this sort of unfolds, I think it, it I feel like it's almost there for me, but it just, it just doesn't go where I want it to. And it might just be due to the length of it. Look, it's a short show, 20 minute episodes, 10 episodes. Um, you know, I hate to compare it again, but Arcane is like, you know, it's 50 minute, like, and it's longer. Uh, yes. You know, so yeah, that it's it's but the comparison is going to be there just because uh, they like that. But you're right, Dennis. It shouldn't be compared to aside from the fact that it's video game adaptations um, yep. or adaptations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the story, man, I wouldn't talk about it too much. What did you guys think? Because I don't want to bias it too much. But <laughs> what do you guys think of the story arc, sort of the characters, um, some of the sort of pros and cons? Like, did you guys enjoy these characters? Did you follow the storyline well? Uh, did you relate to them? I'll let you go first, Sunny Man. What do you think? Yeah. Um- I can start with just the storyline and then we can discuss characters or go wherever you yeah, want. Yeah. I guess mm. the storyline wasn't a huge pull for me. I mean, there was a lot that was trying to be crammed into 10 episodes here. And I think yeah. my only criticism is it could probably have easily gone to a 20 episode season and fleshed <laughs> out these concepts a lot more because there was interesting concepts, a brilliant world, interesting characters, and I would love to have got to know them more. In yep. terms of... The storyline itself, I feel like there are beats to this that are very familiar, I think, whether in, uh, you know, film or other animation, right? You've got a down and out kid who's got no family, suddenly comes across some thing that makes him superhuman and awesome. Suddenly he's got all the power and uh, influence that he wants and he's got respect. He gets his family. The family is torn apart from him. There's a romance. There's some shady evil corporations on the side. And then yes. the thing that is the yeah. thing that gives him his power is the thing that ultimately destroys him. So yeah. look, all of those are very familiar yeah. beats that are taken from other things. But welcome to I anime it, for the last 20 years. Yeah. You don't have to watch anything else. You've got it, mate. You've I'm got it. Let's not imagine different characters, whether it's fantasy or you know. Set in the modern yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. Just apply <laughs> that to everything, and you've got totally. to chuck in a love triangle there, and you're great. Like that's true. This is too straightforward yeah. a love story. That's what I miss. <laughs> Look, I think each of those what sets this apart, or what I really liked, is each of those beats 
for me, were done really well. Like mm. whether it's the love story, the kind of characters, the world building, I thought all of those were done really well. And then it was just set up in this really interesting backdrop of this brutal night city in this world of cybernetically enhanced individuals that I was really interested in with some pretty memorable characters and then some stunning visuals and great music as well. And I think all of that is what ele- elevated this fairly in a sense, straightforward story to something a little bit beyond and what I really was drawn to. Mm. I also think this plot, like this isn't a big story that it's trying to tell. At the end of this day, these cyberpunks or edge runners, they're not trying to do anything epic with their lives. They are basically, they're not trying to take down the mega cyber corporations. They are essentially just pawns in that Faraday guy's machinations or the machinations of these mega corporations. They are just trying to get by in this city that is done wrong by them. And they suddenly have a means to lift themselves out of their poverty through the work they do. And the bonds they form are what gives them their joy, I guess. And I think what I was really drawn to here was just following these characters interact with the world that they were in, following their interactions with one another and the bonds they develop and seeing how they make it out, or in many cases, don't make it out of this really brutal world. So for me, in many instances, the plot is almost secondary to just experiencing the lives of these characters Mm. and the world they inhabit. And I was 100% there for that and was just completely engrossed. There were parts of this plot I did not follow. The whole Faraday thing and the mega corporations I found a bit confusing. I might have shot myself in the foot by listening to the Japanese version rather than the English dub because there was even more to follow on the screen. But to me... Plot was almost secondary to the full immersion of this world and the characters in it. And happy to talk more about the characters later, but I almost felt, yeah, the Mm. plot here was secondary to experiencing this world through the eyes of these characters. Interesting perspective. I think that's a good way to look at it. But uh, pass to you, Dennis, uh, before I sort of uh, talk about it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Look, I I will have to agree with that in that there was a measure of familiarity I, I I watched it because I enjoyed the visual feast. And for me, I was seeing things that I've been longing to see for a long time, you know, on screen. Uh, but as, a, as an anime fan and, and, and someone who likes watching cartoons and someone who likes, you know, sci-fi and, um, you know, cyberpunk genre, and I look a lot of, a lot of artwork online, you know, I'm, I'm always yeah. over at ArtStation or I'm like, you know, bruising through uh pinterest or instagram and most of my accounts if they're not about like bikes and stuff like that are, are about you know cyberpunk artwork uh yeah. so uh you know when i look at it the the character design and things like i'm really not actually seeing anything new new you know mm-hmm. uh the the uh uh, even even the construction of the team is is very stock standard hero esque. You've got someone who's like quiet but cool. You've got someone who's like the middle ground of, you know, slim, agile but super strong. And then you've got the cool, quiet, calm, collected, aloof kind of character. Then you've got the crazy little midget that that sorry, midget's probably not the right term. The short one that, uh, <laughs> um, that is uh, of the team who's got more energy than all of them combined and is a little bit, you know, off the wall. And then you've got the big gun of the team, you know, um, and then you've got the, you know, that supportive rock in the middle. And then you've got the, the more human type kind of 
uh, a, that, that relies on the more traditional, I guess, methods, right? So the, all, those per, all those personalities exist in, in that team. Um, uh, but it was the mix of that that I, I liked in that, you know, Maine, uh, I think, is the, the big guy, you know. Generally, the big guy is seen as a bit more of the goofy, stupider, just I'm all brawn, no brains. But no, he was actually the brains of the team. He was loyal to um, David. He, he trusted him, gave him a chance, ended up being a good mentor and mm. bigger brother figure and really stuck with him to the end and cared about him right down to the point where, you know, he himself uh, succumbed to the cyberpsychosis, you know. Uh, and then the tragedy there of like his second in command, um, uh, she, uh, another sort of, uh, sturdy character that was always like that pillar mm-hmm. in the center that everyone, mm-hmm. even main kind of was, was centered on, uh, you know, the tragedy that she had to, like, she was there to experience his downfall. Do you know what I mean? And, and that yeah. kind of thing too. Uh, so I think the dynamics between them were really good. Uh, the 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 kind of the using him at the beginning and the betrayal, but then actually becoming forming good a good bond once they realised who he was and, and things like that as well. You know the real danger he was in, and then they realised who mm. his mum was and and that kind of stuff too. Mm. You know, and then that dawned on him what his mum was actually doing to pave the way, but it was always it was post-mortem, so he, he couldn't do anything about that. So then he felt obligated to do more. And then his gateway into that was obviously, you know, what was presented right in front of him, you know. Um, and so he, he, he went and he took it. You know, uh, in, in terms of the overall story arc, again, there was nothing. I, I too, because I listened to it in Japanese because I like to listen to it in mm-hmm. – uh, I'm not a huge fan of English dubs of – Things that are d- designed and, and dubbed originally in other languages doesn't matter what it is, but um, the uh, you know the the point where Maine died. Oh, spoilers! Sorry, spoilers. The point where Maine died. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then he kind of not really assumed command, but fell into the leadership role of the team. I don't think that was the right path for him to progress his character uh, because it all of a sudden uh, it, it, it empowered him incorrectly and didn't set him up in a way that allowed me to emotionally buy into his development further on. Uh, True. You know, uh, what should have, what I would have liked to have seen was not. Uh, I think it's Lucy, not Lucy going, withdrawing and becoming despondent, but I would have liked to have seen David withdraw mm. and go become despondent at the loss of his mentor and friend uh, and then have the team get into trouble, need his help and call him back in and and mm. he regrew back from that. Um, that character development, you know, it's the 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 – it's a it's a known path, like you know what I mean. Again, uh, you know they build yep. them up, they drop them down, and then they've got to crawl back out again. And, yeah. Uh, whereas this didn't really happen. They built him up, uh, and at the point where they should have dropped the character down in in terms of uh, the development, uh, they didn't. They kind of kept that arc going, and so I wasn't 
they, they missed an opportunity to allow me to as a, to emotionally invest in the character more than what I could have. So by the time it comes and he's like, oh, yeah, he's starting to he realise that, that he's gearing up to take the suit and he's, you know, coming up against Adam, you know, Skullcrush or whatever his name is, you know, uh, like <laughs> no, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, you know. He's already OP. He's already got his, you know, main fists and he's already, yes, yes. you know, like jacked up and he's like already on, you know, he's, he's we can see that happening. Whereas, uh, um, and we could, but what happened, the, the, the reason why I also don't like the fact that main, what happened to main happened around a third of the, the film, it actually let you know what David's future yeah, is. Yeah, it's completely much. Yeah. yeah, like it, it's like, you know, sure, I didn't see foresee the, the armor and, and all that kind of stuff, but um, we you could kind of predict then what the outcome was. He's, he's not going to survive this process. Do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter what happens in the end or how we get there in the end, uh, whatever, come what may, he's not going to survive this. You know, it's going to, that's going to be the end of it. Um, uh, uh, and, yeah, yeah. I think they tried too much to bake into the story the uh the uh mini game aspect. I haven't played mm. Cyberpunk, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I've played other games like it where there's like a lot of mini games, do you know what I mean? And yes. you're doing little little journeys and you're doing little side missions and you know, things like that, but it's all building towards a big, you know, finale. And I think they tried mm. to uh Design the storyline to feel like that, that it was all the little side missions yeah. that they were doing that was building up to a big ending. But I don't think they did that successfully. They lost they lost me with the back and forth between the corporations vying for mm. control over this technology and manipulation powers. I for, I lost track of who was actually working for who and who was you oh, know, yeah. screwing over so who confusing. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, well, whatever, okay, shit's going on, whatever. You know, obviously they're in the mix and they're being manipulated. And um, But, uh, you know, the fight at the end uh, with, with Adam Skullcrusher, you know, was inevitable. I think it was like from the beginning it was kind of clear that this dude was a, a force to be reckoned with. But I didn't – I don't think um, – I, I had no investment in that character at all. Like, I didn't even know who he was, where he came from, mm-hmm. but apart from the small sort of backstory that they gave him and the awe and, and, and fear yeah. that they, they tried to bake around him. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so he's got the, the, the uh, armor and the weapon and he's now OP to a level where nothing can stop him. Cool. Uh, how are they going to stop him? Ooh, bring out Adam Skullcrusher. Okay, great. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. predictable at all. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I did expect the fight to go a little bit more the other way, but he got completely, he had his ass completely handed to, to him uh, by this Adam Skullcrusher. Complete Skull own edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which begs the question, you know, if uh, how did he not, how did he take himself that far without, you know, achieving cyberpsychosis? You know, what what was... I would have liked to have known why he was so advanced, uh, sorry, sorry, so developed as a in his cybernetics, but still was able to retain his psyche. Like what? That would have I would have, I was actually interested in that aspect, but never saw it. You know, uh, or I was probably checked out enough 
sometimes I was checking my phone probably a little bit longer through some of the episodes as it was like meandering through the corporate kind of back and forward. Uh, but that that's kind of where it lost me, you know, where it started to get like tried to be too intriguing and too political. Uh, um, uh, but I do agree with you, Amit. I think, and I will go back on my words here because I would have loved to have seen this as a series of 40-minute episodes released mm. in thirds like they did with Arcane because yeah. what are, the, the, the beauty of having episodes that long means you can tell a deeper story, you know, um, yeah. and not have to wrap up everything so quickly, you know, mm. uh, and then try and move the, the pace along so quickly. You can – and that allows you a deeper layer of character development and nuanced sort of um, – uh, uh, sort of involvement of the, the interactivity between the characters mm. that really bakes you in. Like the beauty of uh, uh, something like Arcane is that Arcane took the time to build it, like to, to, to bring in even the micro expressions between the characters that really humanized mm. them in a very, you know, stylistic way. I would have loved to have seen that. Um, I enjoyed Arcane being released in thirds. Because I could really watch it, love it, and then have a chance to take a step back and go, okay, I'm going to digest yeah. that for a little bit. I've got another week before the next three come out. Like, okay, I, I just just let that sink in, you know. And I think that was a very clever approach. Whereas, you know, I binged the shit out of this, and by the end, my brain was like, whoa, you know, there's so much going on now. Mm. It's like so visual, boom, 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 at the end, and I was just yes. wasn't, I was barely retaining anything, you know. Um, and I think there's yeah. a better way now. Arcane has really shown that there is a better way to storytell in an anime mm. context, if that makes sense. Um, yep. um, or just a better way to storytell full stop. Uh, it's a, it truly is a masterclass as far as I'm concerned. Um, that said, yeah. you know, I still enjoyed the interactions and the characters, but they were nothing new as far as I was concerned, nothing that I hadn't already seen in, you know, um, conceptualized form in forums like uh and and places like art station and, and stuff like that yeah 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 no i think for like so i think there's two things you can do with the arcane thing because if you're not going to increase the size of the show then you release the scope of the story that's what you basically do i think you probably make it less convoluted mm. less complex and that's something they could have done because i don't i came with a bigger production unit it was a bigger piece of work like even from an animation point of view it looked like it was much more it would have taken I think, a few more years than this one. This feels like it was a pretty quick and sharp show done um, in comparison to Arcane. Yeah. I think the thing that I really struggled with this is, yeah, the writing and some of the character development for me just did not stick. Like I, like you hit it right on the head, Dennis, with the whole arc there. I feel like there was no character development for David at all. And in fact, he also mm. became a pretty boring character mm. after episode four or five. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't disagree first, with that. I enjoyed the first few episodes because they had references of how he was sort of shaken by events. And, you know, to be in this world, it sort of made it, he was kind of, he was kind of like, you know, there's no one that you can relate to in this show because you can't be in that world. You can't relate to Maine. You can't relate to Lucy. They're sort of, they're well off their you know, track. But this kid is someone that you as an audience member could be like, yeah, I would probably be like that. And they had glimpses mm. and showing us that every now and then, you know, I think they walked past stuff pretty quickly. Like, I don't know, his mom dies in the first episode and she, you know, he references her in the last episode. Like, I'm doing this for my mom. Well, you didn't reference, <laughs> there was no reference yeah. to anything like that or your yeah. heartbreak or your yeah. 
tears. The, the very next scene, you were looking at install this machine. You're and maybe there was some commentary around how maybe the um, augmentation can impact your emotions and stuff like that. If mm. there was, I wish there was more of a discussion around that as a bigger theme, and they could just concentrate on that part of it. Uh, you know, after the love story was pretty shallow, to be honest. They like each other because, um, you know, like they're in this desperate world together. Fine, I understand. She wants to escape, and she sees him as someone who's naive and not been corrupted yet, so she likes that. Um, I don't know why she was going behind his back and not telling him why she was doing all that stuff to protect him in the background. Like, I understand when you're a teenager, when they met, maybe he's like that, but then you've grown up now and you're still like that. Character mm-hmm. development is not sticking for me there either. It's like, you're the same characters as you were before and you're just going through. As you said, there's no dip. There's really a lot of lack of tension in the fight scenes. I just thought, thought like, they felt a bit repetitive yeah. and he has this, He's a teenager and he's able to destroy everyone around him. So what's he going to do when he's an adult and he's jacked up? He can do everything, yep. right? Uh, so Hang on, are we calling of... him a Mary Sue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even think of it like that. That's, a, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yes, yes, there you go. He's a Mary Sue in that aspect. Man, yes. that, that's interesting. But yeah, yep. a bit like that. It became like, I have this power. Well, you know, how can we be the only one that can do this because I'm a special Okay, cool. Let's let's uh let's just take that yep. for his word and move on. Um, like the mentor part with Maine, I thought it was developed in one episode. Like they were close in one episode, and he's like, you know, there's one point where he's like, I'll stick with you till you die. You know, as a mentor, I would hope that you know he'd be like, I wish they put apart, like you know, like whatever you do, don't become like me. This is not the way, like you know, mm-hmm. and you reveal something about his character, which is deep inside, which no one's seen, and it's hinted at, and then maybe he was a, he goes on a path where he has to determine for himself what kind of life he wants to live. But again, it's sort of like he grows up and he's like, this is life I've chosen. In the Cyberpunk game, I think it's fleshed out quite well because there is a real battle for like his life is on the line and he's like, no, I don't want to die. Like, you know, I've got to get this thing out of me and it's a battle of survival. And there's other themes around that. In this case, he was like, once he was told that this is going to kill him eventually, he kind of conceded. He was like, okay, it's going to kill me eventually. I'm just going to go for it. And like, if the city and, you know, if the cyberpunk element, you know, sort of put that together, like, they did a better job of expressing that. I think I would have liked mm. it more to be like, this is the way people mm. are. This is the way everyone's downtrodden. Um, I don't know how they would exactly do that, but maybe something like that would have been good. Or maybe, maybe, make him, maybe make him different, and that's why he struggles so much, that he's actually yep. looking to change, and everyone around him doesn't, you know, accept that. So many things I could have done with it. So... I think that's one of my main issues. I did enjoy it until about mm. episode five because they were teasing that and the whole Faraday yeah. Mega Corp thing. I was like, okay, you're okay, you're a bad guy. That's where I took it. Um, strangely enough, yeah. Faraday's worse by um, Giancarlo Esposito, um, legendary actor Gus Fring uh, from Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, done a lot of sort of uh, really cool roles. He's in Far Cry Six. He's done a lot of. Yep. Variety. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, so he's actually the Hollywood um, get, and he was just in, I don't know why they even had him. He was kind of like, he's a pretty, yeah. he's a kind of random appearance, and he didn't really give it his all yeah. life either. So I don't get the yeah. three eyes. I'm sorry. I didn't get it like, either. Like, I'm okay with like all kinds of cybernetic augmentation. I've seen some really weird shit, um, stuff that <laughs> I, I wish I'd never seen. But why the three eyes? Like, that to me kind of, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't. It was one thing yeah. there was almost sort of like, why? Like, like <laughs> what, what does that give him? He doesn't like look close one eye and all of a sudden can like, you know, pull apart things augmentedly of the world around him. You know, yeah, yeah. it didn't, 
didn't serve him in any way uh, other than to no. give him a kind of like a skewed arrow, kind of like, I'm going to look at you, like, Correct. lopsided kind of way. Uh, so sorry, yeah, no, that that was no, a, that was a little bugbear of mine through the whole movie. Uh, sorry, through the whole series was uh, was yeah. that, that, that design aspect. Uh, but we, I, yeah, no, I think Sunny and I watched it in Japanese, so we didn't we didn't <laughs> pick up on the the Western actor yeah. voice casting. <laughs> I think I watched about three episodes in Japanese, and then I realized yeah. that no, I'm not I'm not going to be able to follow this. Let me just go. Uh, it's a good effort, though, mate. Sweet effort, yeah. But I am yeah, with you yeah, and yeah, up yeah. until about episode five, I think that's where I enjoyed it. And after episode five, after Maine died, that's where I stopped uh, yeah. loving it as much as what I did. I enjoyed it. Like, I don't get me wrong. There's so many aspects visually mm. that I really, really just dug a lot, you know. Um, but uh, it's where I kind of down-notched my emotional involvement yeah. in it, you know. Uh, and uh, I don't know why they do that. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't. I, I would like to explore uh, one day talk to them and to say, hey, like, why the hell did you make those decisions? Because it's clearly mm-hmm. not the right thing. But then I could probably do the same thing with Marvel and Disney or <laughs> soon they who shall not be named ever again. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I would rather watch The Last Jedi for the rest of my life than, than <laughs> engage in any of those kind of movies. Uh, oh boy. Uh, and that's saying something, right? Like if anyone's listening yeah. and they uh, they uh, they hear that, then they'll know how serious I am on the matter if they're Star Wars fans. Um, I think I think yeah. for me, so this is where I'm reading between the lines a bit. And um, so again, I'm not sure what the intention of the show was. Yes, I'm happy that it gave us a view of cyberpunk, which has not been seen before. Great. I'm happy mm. for that genre to have, you know, more, the more to the catalog, the better, because it's pretty bare. I think the only thing I can think of is maybe it's an advertisement for the game. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's not, mm. because honestly, after watching this movie, I, this show, I felt like playing the game. Like I, you know, I reinstalled them on PS4 to sort of, you know, have a go, have sort of another round of it. Because it is a pretty cool world. And I think the game is even better um, in some ways. And it does things a lot better as well. So that's the thing I can think of, but it's a great question as to why they sort of make these decisions. Um, can I butt in here and offer maybe a contrary opinion to both of you yeah. in terms of the boringness of the character? I see David's arc as like extremely tragic here because I feel like he never yeah. got a chance to discover himself. He's basically just at the whims of other people's dreams, right? Mm. Firstly, he goes to school because that is what his mother wants him to do so he could become well off like she isn't and reach the heights of a mega corporation, right? Get to the top floor of uh, what is it, Arasawa or whatever that corporation is, right? She dies and he has this time trying to figure out what he is and he goes to this, gets that uh, cybernetic thing installed. He meets Maine and suddenly his ambition is to be like Maine. He wants Mm. to be powerful. He wants to run his own crew, right? And that is now his dream and he never figures out what he wants of himself. And ultimately, when he dies, like, the dream he's fighting for is essentially Lucy's dream, right? Because he wants to send her to the moon at the end of the day. He never really has an opportunity to figure out who he is in the context of all of this. The world is just moving so fast around him. Now, there is some fatal character flaws to him, I think. Like, he clearly likes the power that this gives him for the first time in his life, right? Being a jacked dude who can beat up his enemies who wouldn't want that when they've spent their whole life being bullied by 
you know, rich kids in an elite school, being downtrodden, watching your mum die because she can't kind of get the health insurance yeah. that um, the rich people oh, have, that, right? The way she died was like, that was- It's that brutal. Was- um, yeah, but it's yeah. very it's very clinically corporate. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I almost feel like he's set on this path. As soon as he gets that first bit of cybernetic uh, upgrade, he is going on this path and being foreshadowed. And what I really liked about this show is it showed that he is not special. At the end of the day, he thinks he's hmm. special because the cybernetics doesn't affect him as much as it does. True, so he's got that kind of abnormal resistance to it. But eventually that dies out. All the immunosuppressants don't work and he succumbs to mm. the same fate as every other edge runner. I think mm. it was a pretty bold call that they didn't make him special. He wasn't some messiah who was going to save all the people yeah. he loves, save the corporations. He was just another guy. Maybe he had a higher tolerance, but he couldn't escape yeah. the fate that his own actions were going to lead him down. Yeah, and I thought that yeah. was like a really beautiful arc that I really appreciated. It That's could have been fleshed take, out yeah. a whole lot more. Um, but, yeah, I thought it worked pretty well for me. Definitely could have been fleshed out more, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. that, that's, that's a good a, take on it. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good take, mate. I think you've um, interpreted it pretty well. And I think the people that maybe just went past me or maybe the show, I feel like what you've taken is like you've had a very good view of it and taken it in really well. But I feel like the show could have done a did better job of just 100%, hammering 100%. you over the head with that. Like if it's just gone mm-hmm. like, even like, I you know, don't like exposition, so I don't want that. But, you know, yeah. I, if, if it had sort of, I wish they had connected the stuff, we, the question that we have in this whole, um, you know, to start this sort of a call, like how far mm-hmm. would you take cybernetic augmentation and the impacts of that on your emotional state? Maybe you could have yes. shown him as a really sincere, soft kid and he becomes, maybe the cybernetics made him power crazy, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just being bullied or something like that. That would have been a yeah. cool aspect to explore. So, again, there's opportunities here, but I do like your take, Sonny, on that. Um, I just wish that the writing was better to express that more. Yeah, clearly. true, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think you've hit a good point there because when you listen to uh, um, when you listen to the, the writing in, in things like uh, Ghost in the Shell, every episode is a thought exercise. Mm-hmm. on a particular aspect of the uh, integration of technology into society and further than that into ourselves um, and how far we take it. Uh, Cyberpunk had an opportunity to explore those ideas intellectually and present them back to the audience as a thought exercise, mm-hmm. not just as yeah. a a visual visual feast, but leave you with a question at the end of the day, the question that we asked at the beginning is like, well, you know, if I was in that situation, would I have done the same thing? Um, and I think they could have been a little bit more resistant from the environment around him to, who had, were already like tech jacked to yeah. uh, mm. not a cyberpunk term. Coining that term myself here, I mean, <laughs> uh, to uh, um, uh, to go. Hey, don't do this, right? Yeah. We see your motives. We see you've got the means. We see you've started the process, but really, don't do this and have a more of a, 
you know, you will lose things by doing this and actually explore that loss progressively mm. as he's trying mm. to gain. He's actually, uh, what have you, you're digging, you know, you're digging out from underneath your feet. You know what I mean? Like you're actually, you're not moving True. up, you're moving down. Like you think you're digging, yeah. you're working hard to get higher, but you're actually lowering yourself, if that makes sense. Um, yep. So as he's trying to elevate himself out of that situation, as you, you're saying that, I mean, I think they tried to, but they just didn't have that that uh, level of intelligence in the writing to be able to uh, articulate those yeah. ideas properly. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, um, I think that's... That's yeah. one to interrupt. That's uh, that's one point where the love interest could have been stronger, right? Yeah, like, I agree. You know, her, her whole thing yeah. was like, you know, I don't want you to sort of die, like you know, that's why I'm protecting you. But in the in a way, you didn't stop him from becoming Cyber Jack, despite knowing no. you enabled him. him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the beginning of the train, like it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, would have been great if she was like, and then I would have really felt for the loss then, because it's like, oh my god, like yeah. she's lost somebody that she cared for and tried to really protect and loved a lot. Uh, and didn't let yeah. her go down that path. Uh, yeah, so many opportunities. I, the show had you guys didn't like the love story. I I thought it was really good. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, but I, I thought it um, was done really. Okay. Yeah. I think we're all the opposite ends of this one, man. No. Yeah, I, yeah. I, thought, I, I thought it was a bit shallow. I thought it could yeah, be Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I felt like but it was I would say the whole thing is like, shallow in that regard. Like, they, yeah, didn't, yeah. they, they could have deepened Correct. everything down. Just. Quite a few notches, yeah. 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 Uh, we'll, we'll carry on then. Um, before we sort of, we've talked, to, I think we've talked pretty well in the conversation about the question about how far would you take cybernetic augmentation? But um, I, I think, Sunny, what, what would you do? Would you implant yourself with a, <sighs> um, you know, with this with a metal spine or give yourself the exoskeleton suit or whatever he had at the end? <laughs> no, that is, that's too far. I think I would avoid it if I could, but there's two situations in which I think I might succumb to it. Firstly, if I needed a medical reason to have something like that, I would do it. Mm. And secondly, yep. if everyone around me was getting tech jacked or just getting massive <laughs> and it was then a comparable disadvantage <laughs> for me not to have it, you're almost forced to have that. But I don't like yeah. the thought of losing any part of my humanity to any sort of tech augmentation. I just think yes. th that has the, I don't know, this society is almost the end in cyberpunk, sorry, is the end state of what a society like that could end up being, right? This hyper-capitalistic society where power and wealth are all that matters and you're worthless if you have neither. So I, I would just be very concerned about what it would make me and I'm, it would, if it deprives me of any sort of humanity, I would try and resist it as much as I could. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about this genre is that it's actually somewhat relatable because we are mm. at this day and age closer to that than we ever have been in the past, which is why mm. it's probably picking up a bit more now than it has before. Um, I could sort of say that. But in terms of would I do that kind of thing, again, it's all about society, right? Like, I think it's easy to answer. Like, no, I wouldn't in today's age because there's nothing. But you hit on you know, the head. If, you know, I'm going to it's a disadvantage for me um, mm. in whatever way, uh, then maybe that's the temptation. But it's, again, you know, cyberpunk is when you sort of you disregard all the consequences of what would happen <laughs> regardless mm. of that. And maybe that's just the world that becomes like that. So that's, you know, probably not going to be uh, – or I wouldn't take it so easily. <laughs> like, um, sort of uh, like they sort of show on the show a little bit at times. But, um, yeah, before we sort of jump on a D-scale, Dennis, um, what about you, man? I'm 
Curious to know, would you turn into a, um, you know, robot? Right, settle in, get comfortable. We've got about two hours ahead of us. No, no, I'm just kidding. All right, first, first question would be uh, that I'd ask myself is, yeah, what is the scenario in which that this would be beneficial to me? Uh, yeah. But I'd be really cautious in that decision-making because uh, it's human nature. We become addicted to things, you know, uh, the, the, the little dopamine hits that, that sort of, come from checking our phone and every time we swipe up a post, we get another little dopamine hit and another one, another one. It's like, wow, this is great. Uh, and we're very quickly hooked in to that experience. Um, you ask anyone that has a tattoo, there's an itch to get another one that never, ever goes away truly. You know, you'll always feel like getting more. You'll always just, just, just one more. It could be a little here and a little there. And then, you know, if you don't keep it in check, 10 years down the line, you've got tattoos everywhere. Do you know what I mean? And as much as I, I think I dig tattoos, I think they're cool, but it's, it's the same mentality. So you become the, the risk of becoming a, like a tech junkie uh, where you've got like, oh, this is cool. This is really great. Oh, why, what if I did this? And what if I did that? What if I did this? You know, um, but it really begs the question of, uh, you know, where does our humanity sit? Uh, is, it, is it in the physical form? Uh, is it, it is does our, is it just the memories of what is the consciousness like we don't even know the answer to this question at all as a, as a human race we can't identify where the consciousness is and where it sits and what it is um, so uh, it also comes down to you know again those, those acceptable social norms I think I think uh, it, it it's not a decision I would make lightly. Uh, and it would have to be something that I would need to get acceptance from from my broader family from, you know, if they were to, yeah. to, to you know, if it was either a choice of losing your dad or, you know, replacing his entire right side with a cybernetic organ, like uh, augmentation, you know, yeah. it, 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 that's a tough call. Uh, Ghost in the Shell explores this wonderfully in that the main character, the major, was in an accident as a girl, and to save her, they literally translated her, transplanted her brain into a, a fully augmented cybernetic body. She was still that mm. young little girl, but she was in a new body, and uh, she kind of wasn't quite sure where her humanity sat because her body, once she learned how to use it, responded in the same way that every other body responded. It just required um you know maintenance and upgrades and, and all that kind of stuff but then over time you how long could you live just transferring your brain case to a new body or even transferring your brain through fiber mm -hmm. like your your what constitutes your digital makeup through to you know fiber networks to another body so you could just go to sleep here and then wake up in tokyo do you know what i mean because yeah. you've got a body asleep over there and that's what ghost and shell explores wonderfully um uh, the short answer, I guess, would have to be it, it would have to be really, really serious and, and depends, you know, on, yeah. on what it would be. Yeah. Uh, romantically, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, fucking nice. Like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> give it to me. Uh, realistically, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Because there's something <laughs> in my core being that we wants to stay in touch with the mother earth that I was born upon. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I would be. 
And and I, I enjoy the process of living aging and I look forward to the process, the death process of 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 going and yeah. finishing. Do you know what I mean? I mm. don't want to linger on this planet. I don't want to be around to see my great great grandchildren. I don't want them to have to go, oh great, you know, great, 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 great dad Dennis is here, he's still talking about aliens and stuff like that. And you know, pull the hell out of them, right? Like, you know, I, I, I want, I don't want to be here forever. But mm. if uh, the process of getting augmented allows me a little bit more time, um, sensibly to persist, then that's great. I will, I'll probably take up that opportunity. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of things that, that come with this that uh, we haven't really touched on, and this show doesn't touch on a lot either. But it does a little bit is the with technology comes access if there's nothing we've seen more prevalent right now in australia look at optus now look at many medicare cards yeah right with technology Mm. comes access so you know i lose my eyes i get them replaced with cybernetic eyes that have a and like a um, an uplink of some kind what's to stop people from hacking my eyes do you know what i mean and watching everything that i see or Mm completely overriding what I think I'm seeing with something else. Do you know what I mean? Um, You know, if my memories become ones and zeros uh, and are transferable, what's stopping people from implanting new memories where all of a sudden I wake up and I don't have a family because Mm. someone has rewritten (laughs) my brain to think that I'm, um, you know, single, living in an apartment, you know, as Garbo. Do you know what I mean? Honourable job. But not what I was doing before. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and these are these are interesting points to to, to understand that the it's not just about the technological augmentation. It technology brings access. So what's stopping from someone hacking into the signal that your brain sends to your subnetic arm to do things, and they override it and they start punching yourself in the face? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what's stopping that that uh, that system? Uh, losing or um, uh, losing its sync and um, and doing its own thing. So you go to shake someone's hand and you can't, you've lost the, the ability to, to, to uh, moderate the strength sensors and you crush their hands with this thing that you've just had implanted. Do you know what I mean? Um, Robocop is a really good example of that, you know, <laughs> uh, like another another good cyberpunk movie, I guess, if you're yes, looking yes. for a... Uh, um, but uh, yeah, it has to be sensible, and it has to be moderated, and it has to be limited in its ability to be accessed from the outside. I guess, um, or you know, yeah. um, definitely, uh, man. No, it's yeah. a pretty pretty huge question, and honestly, we could just do a podcast on that itself. Like, <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh um, man, I could. It's one of my favorite one. topics. I could delve into it. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, we'll definitely talk about it more with these um, kind of movies yeah. that we'll come across more. Um, but yeah, let's yep. uh, get down to the final, probably the most, I reckon it's going to have the most variants, potentially. Yeah. I, don't know if, yep. I don't know if it's going to be our good old Thor movie. Um, oh, Thor. Yeah. You know, Got to plug that episode every episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, so, um, D-Scale, I'm going to pass it to you first, Sonny. Um, right. Yeah, man. Where does it sit on your D-Scale? This is, for me, look, I love this. This is a straight up dynamite for me because I have not experienced this before, have not been in this world before i love just about most elements of it not a perfect film in any way but i love the experience Mm. of this and i think it hit a lot of high notes and left me with kind of an emotional punch at the end which i thought 
was pretty spectacular. And there are images in this film, or this series, that will stick in my mind, like that final yeah. scene where she's on the moon, she sees David reflected in the, the helmet and the sun rays kind of on her back. And there's kind mm. of that bittersweet smile knowing that she got her dream, but not entirely because David isn't there with that. I thought that was yeah. really great. And music, visuals, all of it worked for me. Decent characters. Um, I was there for it. Straight up dynamite for me. Yeah. Uh, this. Yeah, I'm actually going to probably surprise all of you in uh, in that I'm I'm going to actually give this a, a defendable score. Yep. And it may be counter, <laughs> but I think because there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to understand the series, no matter how, like there there is absolute gems in this, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, but the um, the the mundaneness after the like that episode four or five all the way through to the end really kind of it gave me a real high at the start and then it, it kind of let me down overall if that makes sense so sunny i i thought i know you were probably hoping that i would stand shoulder to shoulder with you on this one <laughs> but uh, and I feel like I'm, <laughs> like I'm gonna put you out there uh, uh, Unbelievable. uh Sorry, no, 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 yeah, my, uh, uh, because uh, you know, if if you really want to get the cracks of it, I personally love it, and I think it's something that I would I would really watch again and enjoy. But um, I I just sense that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to watch it and just not see in it things that you know perhaps that you and I would see in it overall. So from an mm. audience perspective, I would say that it's defendable in that they should give it a go, uh, but be mindful after episode five that it does sort of drop off in terms of the uh, the ability to engage in it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, yeah interesting. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much on that, that, on that point. <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely not desired. It's... It's a low level defendable man. Like it's I think if you're not oh, okay, well, if you're I was, I was in the high. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're a bit above yeah. me. Um I think yeah. maybe I'm just realizing this more about myself is like I think I'm a bigger fan of like storytelling and writing than I am of sort of you know, the metaphor or like the visuals or things like that. I feel like those things yeah. can be done, but I feel like when writing is both sort of falls apart and doesn't leave you with that punch. Then I sort of am a bit more critical towards it. So you're right. After the and the mm. sad thing about this one is I felt like it had the potential. Like the genre is there. They actually have some source material with the game, which is not like arcane. It's got substance to it. Um, yep. The genre is quite old. They can reference stuff. Uh, I didn't fall in love with the characters. I know you did, Sunny, but I definitely didn't gravitate towards these guys as much. I would have wished mm. for more character development. Mm. Um, much more. The love story could have been better for me i feel like it was like okay yeah i did like some of the visuals and i guess they used because i guess the show because the writing was not so strong they used some more visual elements to create that um, yeah 100 percent. the music and the visuals were a crutch yeah 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 like yeah, i think the yeah. first scene when they go to the moon when they first go to the moon and they're sort of in you know the slow music's going on they're talking to each other just it's a romantic scene but you know it doesn't really tell me why they're so attached to each other um, I'm yeah. sort of feeling on the gas myself. I feel like, yeah, like you know, like you sort of did a great job there, Sunny, to sort of illustrate that. Uh, a lot of times, I feel like if I was to do that, I'd probably be like, "This is why," because I'm saying it, but not because it's because the show told me. Uh, mm. So that's some of the reasons why I think so. I'm a low level defendable, honestly. If you like 
like anime i'm sure dennis you probably say there's other animes you can probably get into and have a better time with yeah uh, but look yeah. if you again if you're looking for you know something to watch and you enjoy anime and you want something refreshing um in this genre because i do like that aspect of it the cyberpunk aspect of it and it might lead to more doors being open but overall yeah i'm a low-level defendable probably the lowest score i've given on this podcast oh. so far oh no well, I mean, we, we, never, we never reviewed Thor um, <laughs> for that rating. Uh, so Dyer. it's not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Burning dirigible. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, but that'll, uh, that'll do it. Dank. That'll do it for us. Um, <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll do it for us here. Um, do let us know what you thought about this on your D-scale. Um, yep. Do make sure to like, subscribe, and do all that good YouTube stuff. Yep, um, yep. I'd say, uh, yeah, perhaps if you if you do have a decision whether you would be augmented or not, leave it in the comments. Yes. I'd, I'd be yes, interested to, to see what people would think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch 100%. of augmented commenters out there. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, I'll catch you on the next one. All right. Thanks. See you guys. Bye, guys.